Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bingetown TV. This is Brian here with Paul and Dave. And today we have episode eight of season two of the Disney Plus series, The Mandalorian. This episode is going to be chapter 16 entitled The Rescue. And before we get going here, I do want to acknowledge... Are we a month late on this coverage? Absolutely we are, but we are a brand new podcast. We are still learning the ropes. I hope that you guys are learning with us. We had some technical difficulties, the holiday, some conflicting schedules. These are all excuses, (laughs) but whatever. You're going to get it. You're going to love it because we are finally getting to sink our teeth into this episode, and it was the best of the series. This will be the second time we run through it, but we'll be just as excited, if not more. Yeah, I just rewatched the episode for probably the fifth time last night in preparation to redo this episode with this. Like Paul said, this is our second time recording this. Um, It's still awesome. The magic's still there. It, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll we'll get into it later. But like this is, yeah, like you said, the best episode of the season. And I'm honestly, even if it is the second time, just so excited to keep talking about it. Honestly, one so. of the best Star Wars moments in Star Wars history. So, yeah definitely in recent history yeah yeah i mean i would put it up there for all of star wars history definitely i'm trying to think of even in i think it's up there with obi-wan anakin lightsaber duel like the luke skywalker reveal we're obviously talking about like Mm. and maybe the the north mall duel in episode one but i'm thinking like what else yeah it's up there Mm -hmm. are you talking about events of recent movies or like yeah, yeah just okay. like what was the last iconic event as big as what happened uh I mean, even the, definitely the, not the pod race because yeah, of, whoa, <laughs> slam the pod race i liked I it that scene, i liked actually. it uh but it was a little out of left field for it me. also didn't have to encompass like an hour of the plot yeah yeah exactly but it's still cool as hell yeah, that's where we get uh Jaboba or what's it? What's his name? <laughs> Jar Jar Binks. No, no it's the uh, Jaboba. It might, it's it, something Kab- like that. Jaboba, Kaboba. God damn, <laughs> we're gonna get torch for that one. But whatever, Limo, dude. We got that, and we got um the blue trunked floaty guy. We're we're off track. Yeah, yeah. We're off track. <laughs> I do love that we always bring it back to Phantom Menace because Paul, you have such a soft spot in your heart for the Phantom Menace. I also don't mind the Phantom Menace either because that was like honestly what probably got me hooked when I was like literal a literal yeah. child into Star Wars was I mean, that pod race. Yeah, I mean the fight between Obi Wan and, yeah, and all Anakin yeah. in Revenge of the Sith. It's like, like, like the first time I've seen like a character die in a movie, and I'm like eight, six years old, whatever it is. Who died? Oh, oh, not the first one. Sorry, we're talking about the Phantom Menace. I'm thinking of uh, someone dies in the Phantom Menace. Uh, Qui Gon Jinn. Jin. Yeah, oh, yeah, I was yeah. talking about Revenge of the Sith. My yeah, bad. sorry. I heard. I just heard Phantom Menace. I was like, oh, I like it. No, but Padme dies in Revenge of the Sith. Oh yeah! Wow. Yeah. She got the big sad. All right, Mando. Let's go. <laughs> yes, let's go. Okay, so we got our cold opening as always, and it's it's getting right into the action. We have the slave one is firing on a ship, and we find out that it is Doctor Pershing, who we know, and the ship is a Lambda class Imperial shuttle. It's it's very iconic, like we all have seen this ship before. So it's Doctor Pershing and these two pilots, and they're kind of bantering back and forth. Nobody knows what's going on. Pershing is at. Pershing is asking the people, you know, what do they want? And the co-pilot's being a dick right from the get-go. He says, I suggest you shut your mouth. This isn't your laboratory. Boba hits the shuttle with an ion cannon, disabling their avionics and comms. And he gets over the comms and says, lower your shields, disengage all transponders. Like, we're about to board you. The slave one, just real quick, just acting as a Batmobile here. Just, you know, just pulling out all the stops just to 
Yeah. It literally, yeah, yeah. It literally has like, you know, the ion cannon from like the back yep. when you're being trailed is like the oil grease from like the Batmobile. Yeah. And like all this, all these little knickknacks. It's shown to be a very universal ship. Why, Dave, are you ready to commit to the Slave One as our new ship over the Razor Crest? Moving on so soon. Okay? We haven't we haven't seen the Razor Crest. Yet. We've just seen the mobility of the Razor Crest. Dave, we haven't you're seen. Just, you're just a slut for gyroscopics. I lo- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's honestly. exactly what it is. But continue, B. Toms. Yeah. And. You know, Dr. Pershing says, well, why don't we just fight them? They're probably just pirates. And the co-pilot's like, I don't have a death wish. Like, yeah, he does. Get... <laughs> <But> he totally <laughs> does. Yeah, this guy, this guy's all over the place with what he's saying. But we have this awesome shot of the slave one just like flying over the cockpit of this Lambda class shuttle. And who else boards but our boy Mando clad in his best car looking like a beast. And he enters the cockpit. And right as he's coming in, the co-pilot who is being a jerk has a pistol to Dr. Pershing's head and says, before you make a mistake, this is Dr. Pershing. Uh, Mando says, you know, we've met. Obviously, he has. And season one, I think, is the last time they've actually seen each other. It might have been like episode two. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while. But they have met. They have a history. He says, we've met. Immediately says, is the kid alive? Pershing says, yes, he's on the cruiser. Before he can finish what he's saying, the co-pilot grabs him. I'm sorry. This is when he gets the blaster to his head. Enter our girl, Cara Dune. And they kind of have this back and forth where it's kind of escalating situations. And this is good kind of world building and a good view of the destruction of the Death Star and of Alderaan from the eyes of someone in the Empire. But the co-pilot attempts to or the other co-pilot attempts to defuse the situation and bargain. But the jerk co-pilot shoots that guy, which... That kind of sucks. I feel like that guy was giving them all a chance to live. Yeah, he was the smart one. Yeah, we're just seeing just the pure rawness and evilness of the Empire here. And it's it's just so I love when they show these kinds of scenes because it's just a side of like the early Star Wars movies that we really never got to see. Really, Mm -hmm. we just kind of saw the people like, you know, controlling the uh, the Death Star, all that kind of stuff. But not those people whose reactions were like, I actually seem to enjoy doing that kind of stuff. So. I enjoyed that. I but this guy him. was a dick, yeah. Yeah, this guy was a total <laughs> dick. Dude, the other like, guy had some redeemable qualities. Yeah, this guy, this co-pilot or pilot, he is probably the dumbest person in the Empire because it wasn't a terrible move taking Dr. Pershing hostage, but when you start insulting the person who's pointing a gun at you and saying, like, I watched your home planet blow up, like, and just continue to say the worst things you could possibly say. I was like, bro, why, why, why are you just placing like, e- Even if you do somehow get out of this, like, they'll find you and just kill you. Oh, my God. <laughs> Cara Dune was, so was getting so heated. B-Toms, this is a classic B-Toms quote. If he had a script of what not to say, that would have been the script, word yeah. for word. <laughs> word for word right there. Cara Dune was getting feisty. She was definitely, at any moment, ready to pull tr- pull the trigger, which... Well, he was making light of the situation that your home planet got destroyed and it's because of me and my cause. Like, why would you just fan the flames of this argument? And this guy was he was a dope. Yeah. But he also drops the knowledge. I think this is the first time we get Pershing's actual job title. He says this is a top tier target of the New Republic. He is a clone engineer. So we've kind of known that clone engineering is going on. This is the first time that we get confirmation. That's what Dr. Pershing is doing. Um, he continues, you know, if they find out that he's dead because of you, you're going to wish you never left Alderaan, yada, yada, yada. We have that back and forth. 
this ends in our girl Cara Dune just taking this jerk out one shot. Doesn't even mind that she's got a blaster to Pershing's head. Pershing pees a little bit. He yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. he got a little scared. <laughs> and this is just you know the protagonist you know being able to shoot things with accuracy, unlike the stormtroopers. So even with a hostage, that dude was dead on the spot that was also point blank range like, yeah I it was like, like that wasn't a hard shot you could pull it off especially if face. you're like already lined up the shot like it, yeah exactly it was like 10 feet if that you know she also in the heat of the moment did not give a fuck or shit about dr Pershing. she no. just wanted that dude dead and then we get our <gasps> chapter 16 the rescue and this one hit a little bit different this one felt like mm, we were in for something and it's called the rescue you know mm-hmm. The tragedy was one thing. Now we got the rescue. We're going to right our wrongs from the season. We get the slave one coming in for a landing. And boy, aren't we excited about these gyroscopics. <laughs> you can actually see in this view. It's kind of cool. The wings never really rotate and they never really move up or down. So they they're kind of the ones that stay still. Right, and the rest right. of the ship like rotates around it. That's the cockpit, baby. It's cool. I do miss the Razor Crest, though. And also, if Boba Fett's going to be doing his own thing, like, we're going to need a new ship. Well, Let's okay. get to that later. Well, the, dude, the, the, oh my God. I can't think of what it's called now. You just said it. The Razor Crest. Razor Crest. I was yep. going to say Crescent Moon. Crescent. <laughs> the, the Razor Crest. I didn't know this, but somebody pointed out on Reddit the exhaust fumes, when it's like landing, they, re- they show a very faint sign like the symbol of the rebellion in in either one it's it's like an easter egg right yeah i was like that's so cool that is dope actually moving on though so we have the slave one descending onto this planet it's like speckled with refineries all over the place and they quote unquote park in a lot that is if you know you have a keen eye for this you can tell that uh bocatons it's a calm rock Tom Irk class fighter. It's called like a gauntlet starfighter. It's like a very iconic Mandalorian ship. And we all know it as Bo-Katan's is also in this parking lot. And we get Boba and Mando exit the slave one and immediately go to the local cantina where they are met by a hush as they just kind of walk in. Mando's theme is playing and they approach Bo-Katan Kreese and Cosco Reeves who are just, you know, they're sipping on their drinks or whatever. Mando gets right down to brass tacks says, I need your help. But Catan says, not all Mandalorians are bounty hunters. Some of us serve a higher purpose. And then our boy Mando says, dude, Moff Gideon took the kid. She's like, oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> she wants to help, but she just says, you'll never find him. Like, it's too late. Yeah, the, that interaction actually the, it went a little bit differently, which is crazy because she says, like, somebody took the kid. She says, who? And she looks all worried. And then she goes, Mando says, Moff Gideon. Yeah. Oh, you'll never find him. Um, so she did. She did want to help a little bit yeah. at the beginning. Do you see the cruiser I'm talking about? I see yeah, it up. It yeah. Looks I had. Dope. She has a really cool show. I had to pull it up, dude. It is so sweet. It kind of reminds me of a, a non-yellow version of Obi Wan's from Episode yeah. One. Yeah, mm. it's very like pointy. Pointy. And- <laughs> so try. Uh, what is? Oh, fuck. What is it called? Never mind. This is where the fun begins. That that was oh, the yeah, quote. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. the Anakin quote. And um, one other quick comment. I feel like if they cut all of the scenes where they they were in a cantina the mandalorian would be like half as long 
It's, it's so funny. Yeah. It's just where shit goes down, man. Everyone Honestly, just goes to the of, cantina. There's a lot of big scenes in the original trilogy and cantinas. Like, take all the cantina scenes out of Star Wars. I wonder what you have. Did not Han and Chewie. And Han shot first. I'm just putting that out there. Yeah. <laughs> of course. We are a Han shot first podcast. Yeah, here. 100%. Moving on. This is where we kind of have the clash between Boba and uh, uh, Costco Reeves. But Boba says, we don't need these two. Let's get out of here. Bo-Katan says, you are not a Mandalorian. Bet says, never said I was. And then Koska says, I never know, knew sidekicks were allowed to talk. Coming from the like, sidekick. Coming Come- <laughs> from the sidekick. Like, that really rubbed me the wrong way. Well, yeah. isn't it the Quactic on the Stifling Slimy? <laughs> Easy there, little one. Easy there. And no, then- seriously, Costco Reeves. Like, that. what the hell are you saying? Yeah, she she had no right. And But, you know. She does kind of redeem herself a little she bit. Does, up. She does. So. She swings first and Boba Fett easily handles that swing and like pushes her back. And then once they get distance is where like Koska, it's a, it's a good fight. I think Koska, Koska Reeves holds her ground. Well, so. even before I think they fight, don't they mention, the, uh, like Bo- you have to find Moff Gideon's yeah, like yeah, cruiser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, we have the coordinates, mm-hmm. which to, that blows away Bo-Katan. Cause she's like, well, that actually happens after I think how, how the fight starts is, Bo-Katan says, I've heard your voice a thousand times. Right. And and I've killed everyone. And Boba Fett responds with, Well, this might be the last voice you ever hear. Mm-hmm. That's when Koska Reeves yeah. um steps up, does the whole initiating combat. And you're right, B Tom's like it, I guess it was 50-50, but I wanted more from my boy Boba. I know he's old, but come on. Yeah, he's going to get some fresh legs here in a Mandalorian. Like Casca Reeves and Bo Katan are also like traditionally trained Mandalorian warriors. Like they're no slouches. So mm. I would take a stalemate of like a Mandalorian warrior in her prime to a let's call him a seasoned veteran Boba Fett. <laughs> uh, I, I really make, like. But I agree, Boba probably should have. I, li- I really like the part when Costco Reeves uh, uses like her jetpack to like kind of like mm-hmm. walk along the wall a little oh, yeah. bit. Like, because we've seen the jetpack, I mean, no, for its main purpose to fly, but like in a mini fight like this, it was really cool to see how she used utilized that jetpack to her advantage. Yeah. yeah, for being younger, I guess she was quicker, a little bit more mobile. All right, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it. So, no, it's funny. I actually fucked up the chronology of how this scene plays out in the first recording too. I don't know why I didn't <laughs> like do it better this time, but there are a couple little details that I brushed over. Uh they also when Mando says they have the Moff's coordinates, he also says his light cruiser could help your efforts to retake Mandalore, so that's what he's offering in exchange for that their help mm-hmm. is the light cruiser itself. Um and also Boba Fett has a quote saying Mandalore, you got to be kidding me, the empire turned that planet to glass. So all we know is that Mandalore is just like a desolate wasteland of a planet. And that's kind of in reference to that. Hmm. So moving on. And I also wanted to point out, we see throughout this episode, a couple like really good leadership qualities of Bo-Katan. Like she, I like her in the leader role. Like she breaks down the plan and she's also the one that calls for order amongst them. Like, you know, says save it for the imps. Had we shown this much spine, in a unified front against them like we never would have lost the planet so i like her as a leader yeah for sure until she starts to get on my bad side towards the end of the episode but we'll get there when we get there (laughs) um so she she does mention the dark saber is Mm -hmm. just what i want to say she goes up to mando and says you know the dark saber is within reach like 
I will help you like with the child. I got the quote here. Yeah, yeah. And I want to break it down. So she says, one more thing. Gideon has a weapon that once belonged to me. It is an ancient weapon that can cut through almost anything and cannot cut through pure Beskar. I will kill them off and retake what is rightfully mine with the dark saber restored to me. Mandalore will finally be within reach. And that was, and I like how she said it can cut through almost anything except Beskar steel, because I think we had this conversation in one of the earlier episodes trying to determine whether it could actually cut through Beskar. But so now that yeah. we know it here, we can expect Mando to, you know, use the best card to his advantage against the dark saber. No, what's weird is they didn't have to drop that tidbit until like the we would have found it later in the fight and it would have been that much more of a surprise. But, yeah. I'm kind of glad. Know. Yeah, I'm kind of glad. I think too. with the almost that also still would have implied, even if she didn't say the second half of that, I think the almost kind of yeah. could for the audience, but still, I agree with you. It could have been a little bit cooler at the time, but I like it's fine. It's absolutely fine in this position here. Regardless, Mando says, help me rescue the child and you can have whatever you want. He is my only priority. Such a good dad. <laughs> Moving on aboard the slave one. We have Bo-Katan breaking down the plan. I actually okay. had a question. Is mm -hmm. this the slave one or is this? It kind of looks a little bit more spacious. It might be Bo-Katan ship. Um, or so I think it's or is it actually the ship that they captured? Because they do pull up the hologram. I think it is actually this ship that they. Now that you mentioned that, that I think sense. it is this because Pershing Pershing is right there on the uh, ship with them. So I'm just assuming that they're getting ready to enact their plan here. Honestly, on there's a claim for any of the three ships. I don't think it's Bo-Katan's ship because they don't use her ship in the plan. Mm -hmm. They only yeah. have the slave one in the Lambda, but the Lambda shuttle makes a lot of sense yeah that makes because they pull up the plans of the hologram and dr pershing kind of walks them through it yeah yeah good point so <clears throat> bokatan starts briefing them on you know the plan that they're going to carry out she says that at the height of the empire it would have had the light cruiser would have had a crew of several hundred now just a tiny fraction of that but pershing you know, speaks up and says that her assessment is misleading because Moff Gideon also has a squad of dark troopers. Mando asks, how many troopers do they have armed in those suits? And this is where we get confirmation that these suits are third generation. So, you know, they're no longer human. They're fully droid. That was the last flaw in the system is the human aspect to them. Yeah, he what says literally the human inside was the final weakness to be solved. So first gen, we can assume, yeah, people were inside. Second gen, maybe droids, but now they're pretty much complete. Right. He continues saying that they're housed in cold storage in a cargo bay and that they take a few minutes to power up. He then shows them the cell where Grogu is being held under armed guard. And this is where I'm starting to think that Pershing is at least a sympathizer of Grogu's safety. You know, maybe not a full-fledged good guy, but I don't think he feels comfortable doing all the stuff that the Empire is making him do. I feel like he, even in season one, you kind of see him like react a little poorly yeah. to how they were treating uh, Grogu at the time. So yeah, um, he's a total sympathizer. And whether it's for, you know, just scientific purposes, whatever, he at least has a heart, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look at Rogue One. And he was a scientist who didn't want to work on this death machine for the empire, but he was basically forced to right. by like threat of death and like killing your that'll, family. That'll make me do anything really. Yeah. Too, so so I, I could see Dr. Pershing being like, honestly, a little force under threat to do all this work mm -hmm. for sure. So, but he's definitely helping them in their plan to rescue 
Grogu. He's mm-hmm. like breaking down the ship coordinates and what have you. So Bo-Katan starts getting into the details of how they're actually going to carry out this plan. She says they're going to split into two parties. It's going to be Mando and then, you know, kind of our lady squad. So Bo-Katan, Koska Reeves, Cara Dune, and Fennec Shand. So phase one is going to be the Lambda, Lambda shuttle issues a distress call. Phase two, they emergency land in the mouth of the fighter launch tube to cut off the interceptors. Uh, you know, the lady squad is going to disembark with quote unquote maximum initiative. Phase three, once the launch bay is cleared, they move to the tandem decks in penetration maneuver. And phase four, once they draw a crowd, Mando can slip through the shadows and grab Grogu. Cara Dune points out that the dark troopers will be quote, a real skank in the scud pie. But Pershing <laughs> confirms that it is possible to make it to Grogu before the dark troopers are even able to deploy. So we're totally not even going to see the dark troopers. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Everything's <laughs> going to be absolutely according to plan. Yeah. Uh, Fennec gives Mando Pershing's code cylinder to seal off the holding bay of the dark troopers. And Mando says that they'll meet at the bridge. So that's our plan. Good plan. Yeah, it's going to go great. And we get right into it. It's them launching into hyperspace. The um, the Slave One is chasing after um, the Lambda shub- mm-hmm. shuttle. Um, and they're just playing. The, they're putting on their, their game faces here. Mm-hmm. You know, they're pulling off a little acting here. Bo-Katan and Cara Dune have a conversation where Cara Dune is saying, you know, Moff Gideon. Oh, true. Yeah. He, uh, he we need him for his information. We need him alive. We can't kill him. Which Bo-Katan mm-hmm. responds with. I don't care what happens to him as long as he surrenders to me. Which is huge. Now now <laughs> yeah. that you say that, huge going a little bit later into the episode. Yeah, that's not ominous at all. <laughs> <laughs> so the two ships exit hyperspace. Uh, real quick, sorry. Boba Fett has a line in here where he's talking to Bo-Katan over the radio saying, like, power up those shields, princess. I'll put on a good show. And I was like, I like how he called her princess. Yeah. Uh, that reminded me of Han Solo calling Leia, yeah, Leia princess. princess. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even think of that. That's cool. Good, good connection me there. Of Finn calling Clark princess in the hundred. Oh, the 100. oh, okay. Ooh. Star Wars we co- stole from we cover the hundred as well here on yes, Binge Town. <laughs> but yeah, that is good. I thought of that before the Han Solo thing. So good luck. <laughs> my fucking guy so two ships the two ships exit hyperspace right in front of moff gideon's light cruiser with boba fett in the slave you know quote unquote firing at the lambda cruiser uh aboard the light cruiser comms receives bo katan's distress signal requesting emergency docking um uh, giggity <laughs> nice <laughs> moff gideon arrives on the bridge and orders the tie fighters to be launched to intercept Comms tells the incoming shuttle, who was actually Bo-Katan, to stay clear of the launch tube, which it's part of our plan to clog the launch tube so that TIE fighters can't get out. Um, And I want to say that the TIE fighters that are being sent out of the launch tube to intercept, they look absolutely dope how they're just being craned out and like shot out the front. That is totally going to be like a simulator ride at Disney World. I'm calling it right now. (laughs) I'm upset. I said said this on the first recording, but me and my father, my mom, we were all supposed to go to uh, Disney World as a graduation gift for me. I graduated last December from college. Everyone clapped for me. <laughs> but anyway, I was really excited to go to the Star Wars world, you know, customize my own lightsaber and everything. But COVID hit real hard right as we were about to go. And we just we had to reschedule it, which kind of sucks. But th- I could definitely see that being a ride yeah. str- like right out of uh, you know, Disney World. Sorry, I keep saying keep wanting to say Universal Studios. <laughs> 
which we've also been. Yeah, which is and it was dope. We we love Universal. Disney World's cool. Like even as an adult, Disney World's cool, uh, especially just because of the aesthetics to everything there. The rides obviously are a little more childish, but I, I personally prefer Universal over Disney World. But this might carry it in Disney World's favor. Who knows? I feel like it would be really fun to take an adult trip to Disney World for. Well, one, I, I've always wanted to do, what is it called? Like drinking around the world at Epcot. Epcot that yeah. would be so much fun I've to done just that. spend a day doing. And, and then also so Star Wars World. Like, yeah, it's, I want a lightsaber. Come yeah. on. <laughs> I was, that's that's the main reason I wanted to go. It's just like, I want my own customized lightsaber. That'd be so fucking That'd be cool. sweet. Um, so the they get two TIE fighters out before Bo-Katan plays chicken with them. Mm -hmm. um, so she's aiming right up to the launch tube. And there's just one guy in charge and on the imperial cruiser which pretty much just saved bo katan because there was another tie fighter coming out to be launched and this guy was the only smart one was like yo we got somebody coming hold up and stopped it could you imagine if they bo katan just died everyone dies yeah, yeah. everyone dies on the well, land everyone, well, i guess mando yeah, yeah mando's yeah. hanging out in the back and honestly like that guy was an idiot for stopping him because it would have been like one kamikaze tie fighter who that guy probably died anyway, the pilot of that ship, because they come in and just clear the bay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, like, I don't even know what I'm getting at. Yeah. Like, know. it was the he guy. Saved our, he saved our boys and yeah. girls. Yeah. yeah. But I also want to comment on, like, we do get a glimpse of as the Lambda shuttles entering um, the, the landing path. Yeah. Of Moff Gideon kind of like, hmm, like, this doesn't feel right at all. Like, if they were, you know, in my mind, it was kind of like a look of like, if they weren't acting this way, you know, they could have been a part of the Empire or mm. whatever. But he knows something's up at this point in time, in my mind. I believe the term you're looking for is he's pooping himself a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he got that hollow of Mando last episode oh, saying yeah. you have something. Oh, yeah. my God. He's so badass. He can't sleep at night. So Bo-Katan crash lands in the launch tube. And I want to point out that as Boba Fett like peels off, he immediately just eviscerates the two TIE fighters that were chasing him. Like, uh, he was just <laughs> flying around stalling. And then he just like takes him out and boom. He's I, gone. I was going to say that Bo-Katan gave him an order. As soon as we get in the dock, you take off. He was yeah. like, all right. He was like, yeah, let me just kill these guys too quick with reverse cannons too. Yeah. They were chasing him. Another Batmobile. Batmobile. Yeah. Another Batmobile yeah. trick. So our lady squad emerge from the Lambda shuttle blasting and immediately they clear the launch bay. Moff Gideon, who can over the comm system hear the screams of his dying troopers, orders his dark troopers to be deployed. And this is where we get our nice little dubstep music playing as these bad boys are booting up. We were, we were playing a little bit before the yeah. podcast started recording. You know, we were trying to get ourselves a little okay. hype. <laughs> uh, yeah, these... Uh... These are some bad bitches right now. They are some scary people I would not want to be faced with. They have this sweet move where I think it's Reeves does the little grappling hook, wraps somebody up, pulls them towards her, and Bo-Katan uses her jetpack to do a flying knee to the guy's head. As It's just like unbelievably cool. That's shattering some craniums for sure. Right oh, there. <laughs> yeah, shattering that bitch-ass stormtrooper armor. A nice little get over here. <laughs> so... Once the lady squad takes over the launch bay, we have Mando emerging behind them, you know, so that nobody sees him. They've already moved on. He's just kind of like moving through the shadows. Uh, we get our ladies are progressing through the tandem decks, which I think that's the scene that Paul was referencing. They have like a nice little jetpack maneuver where they go out into space and back. 
that's that's not what I was. No, there there was a scene uh, right when day, my bad. right when they get off the the landing ramp from the Lambda shuttle. Gotcha, but they gotcha. do knock over a stormtrooper into like through the anti gravity shield, which I really like seeing. Like yeah. it's just a a clear with a little bit of blue like window almost, but it's not actually a window. It's just like a, a beam shield. Or yeah, something. it's cool. Yeah, it's just cool seeing that in action. Light bulb just went off my head. Do they call it a Lambda shuttle because it looks like the lambda symbol does, does it look like the lambda symbol yeah. I don't know what a lambda... oh <laughs> yeah, probably well, yeah i mean they call like y wings y wings x wings x wings okay <laughs> wow yeah. that only, just clicked at binge town okay, tv yeah, baby here we go. but yeah this is an awesome scene and another way to just show off the mando's jetpacks like we already talked about they're on the bridge like do this dope ass remove maneuver where they jump off and it's just Cara Dune and Fennec and they're like, well, shit, they abandoned us. And then from the back, you get Reeves, yeah, Reeves and Katan coming back up and blasting the troopers. I also think it's cool that they can just their helmets protect them in space. The Mando helmets, right? They would have to. I'm assuming if that if no just, way, you don't think no way because Mando lifts it. I don't think they jump all the way down through that. Okay, I like think they just gotcha. jump down a little bit. Okay. That um, makes sense, but I don't know. Maybe I'm talking. Maybe they got upgraded shit. I, I'm not. I don't know. So we got a bunch of smash cuts here of Mando just kind of moving, making his way through the cruiser, still unnoticed. Uh, the dark troopers are progressively starting to wake up more and more, and then our lady squad makes slight work of a storage bay. This is where we get like Fennec is dodging blaster shots and stuff, like a lot of hand to hand combat. Fennec's pretty cool. She was she was showing off her skills in this episode. She delivers a solid round out roundhouse kick to some stormtrooper mm -hmm. and then while he's on the ground just blasts him like three times like thought that was totally badass yeah her opening episode where she got introduced um with you know boba coming in when the child got taken that shootout scene i was like eh, fennec could really you she know she seemed like a sniper like she was doing a lot of like long range work at that she was missing but yeah <laughs> now she's fucking well she was also shown as a really good sharpshooter in her season one appearance with dave's favorite character <laughs> yeah. uh, taro what was his name uh taro was... calican i think yeah, yeah yeah but yeah she was pretty cool in that <laughs> i really like that scene where they're on the speed bikes flying towards her but mm. i guess she didn't really hit her shots that episode either because they both <laughs> lived through that <laughs> exactly but she's a badass here she's living up to yeah, the hype yeah, here for sure. for sure she's dodging blaster shots yeah she literally did a matrix move she's killing it and she's obviously going to be a huge part in the Book of Boba Fett when he gets his spinoff. So I'm looking forward to that. But we'll get to that. So the Dark Troopers, you know, they keep waking up. They're like lined up in marching formation. They look bad. The, I really the, love them. The hoses that just pop off of them after they're ready. It's just intimidating as hell. It's menacing. So we get Cara Dune's light machine gun jam. So she just uses it to club several of the troopers like nothing here. Everybody's just making slight work of whoever's in front of them. Um, and then we get Mando passes by the dark trooper room just as they're starting to march out. And he quickly puts in the code cylinder to seal the doors, but not before one manages to catch the doors and force himself through. I love that shot right there of it just oh, prying the doors open and you oh, just yeah. see the dark or like the red eyes. Just, Bright red eyes. Yeah, it was so intimidating. Even I was like shivering a little bit. I was like, oh, are we going to get through? What's going to happen? 
So the dark trooper just immediately punches Mando. He flies back to the far wall and grabs him by the neck and just starts punching his face into the wall and like shout out his Beskar armor because he'd be screwed. Dude, the wall like this dark trooper made the wall look like it was made of styrofoam. Like he just bent the shit out of it and indented it with uh, Mando's helmet. And I don't know how he doesn't have a concussion. Literally doesn't even touch which is awesome. I love how OP the armor is. If a regular human is taking that punch, their head is just blowing up, right? Well, we see later that they're able to literally punch through blast doors. Which they're unable to punch through the glass. Yeah, the glass window. So shout out, shout out this glass manufacturer. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. So uh, the dark trooper, yeah, punches him back to the far wall. Uh, the other dark troopers, like Paul said, start to punch through the bay doors through the glass. Shout out that glass. And Mando tries to use his flamethrower, the whistling birds on the dark trooper, but to no avail. Like this thing's just taking it head on. And we get a dope shot of this dark trooper like on fire. It looks so cool. Mm-hmm. And as the dark troopers uh, blasters bounce off of him. Mando whips out his Beskar spear and like impales the droid. So the Beskar spear is really the only thing that works on these guys. When the Dark Trooper was on fire, it was giving me General Grievous vibes mm. right before oh, he yeah. died, mm-hmm. but he didn't die there. So I was a little upset, yeah. but uh, it made me feel like I was 12 again. And then mm-hmm. um, the first time I watched this scene, I was like, where the hell did that spear come from? Like, I didn't know if he had it on before or after. Rewatching it, you see as Mando sneaking through all the hallways, he's got the the spear over his uh, left shoulder. And when he first gets hit by the dark trooper, the spear goes flying. Yeah. So he worked his way back to where the spear was. So Mando finishes off the dark trooper with the Beskar spear. And he's like, yeah, I'm just going to use this from now on. I mean, he's kind of forced to because he used everything else against it. But although we'll get to it when they're breaking through the blast doors, he has his pistol out and he knows that a blaster does nothing to them. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) That's weird. Which is weird, right? (laughs) Yeah. Now that you point that. And he doesn't tell anybody like, hey, blasters look great, guys. But like, they don't do a damn thing. (laughs) (laughs) You know, useful information. Yeah, that would be good for that. Let me me throw a rock at this tank. Maybe he'll self-destruct it. Um. But then we get back to the bad bitches. They're on and, the elevator. Yeah. And she, Cara Dune, is just banging, banging this gun on the ground. And I was like, I don't I don't know about future blaster guns, but you probably shouldn't do that with a gun nowadays. It just shows the struggles of what stormtroopers have to deal with on the regular. Like, if it's just a blaster, like, if you're in combat and your blaster just starts clogging for no reason, it's just like, it just is the epitome of stormtrooper equipment. equipment. And there's just one little maneuver where she gets it. She says, like, you know, that'll work. And then she brings the gun barrel over to face the elevator and Fennec ducks out of the way. Like, dude, what the fuck? You almost hit me with that thing. She literally, I think, just slams it on the ground. And then it's like, all right, it's good to go. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, and she does throw in a dank ferric when it's clogged. Oh, so yeah. Can't son skip of a that. mud scuffer, too. Yeah, we get <laughs> potty mouth over here, Gary yeah. Dune. She must love the mud. <laughs> to her credit, though, when the elevator doors open, she does just completely clear the hallway and the bridge with her LMG. So. All by herself. Yeah. Yep. So 
like I said, they take the bridge, they kill everybody in there, take the bridge, Koska Reeves disarms the weapon system, and Bo-Katan immediately questions, where is Moff Gideon? Like, where's this dude at? And we do not have to wait long for the answer, because Mando makes his way to Grogu's cell. And we did, I think we did actually overskip the, briefly skip over the scene of Mando, after he beat the Dark Trooper, uh, managed to open the eject, or like open the 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 vat. Yeah, the exactly. Yeah. So they all get sucked out into space. Yay! Dark troopers are gone forever. <laughs> <laughs> so Mando makes it to Grogu's cell, only to find the Moff holding the dark saber over Grogu. And we have a lot of quotes here, and a lot, a, cooing, a lot of cooing, a lot of a lot of cooing. Yeah. <laughs> so. Gideon makes Mando drop his blaster, and then he starts monologuing. He says, mesmerizing, isn't it? Used to belong to Bo-Katan. Yes, I know you've been traveling with Bo-Katan. A friendly piece of advice. Assume that I know everything. Like the fact that your wrist launcher has fired its one and only salvo. I love that line by Moff Gideon, by the way. How do you think he knows these things? I was wondering that, too. Do you think he was like, like Sherlock Holmes, power of deduction, just like checking out the suit and then could figure it out? I think that he's super well-informed and we know he has people working for him in different places like the dude, the mechanic that put the tracker on the Razor Crest. Mm -hmm. Um, And he also, what was the last thing? He probably heard about his run-in at the refinery from the Bill Burr episode. Mm -hmm. Like he probably hears about these things and through the ground. I think he's just very well-informed and he has people planted in different areas different yeah. areas yeah that line though when he says you shot your like one and only salvo that reminded me of just clint eastwood i know what you're thinking did i shoot five shots or six <laughs> <laughs> like what do you feel lucky punk like that's all i could yeah, think yeah, of yeah, or yeah, something. It's basically that <clears throat> but mando's just like listen dude where is this going and he says, this is where it's going. I'm guessing that Bo-Katan has arrived at the bridge seeking me, or more accurately, this, referencing the Darksaber, but I'm not there. And I imagine they've killed everyone on the bridge, being the murderous savages that they are, and now they're beginning to panic. You see, she wants this. Do you know why? Because it brings power. Whoever wields this sword has the right to lay claim to the Mandalorian throne. Amanda's just like, you keep it. I just want the kid. And this is where we get like one of the cutest coups of the entire series from Grogu. I just love it. I love him. He's just, the best. He's just so sad here. So and sad. it just makes me so upset. <laughs> and then we get Moff Gideon continuing saying, very well, I've already gotten what I want from him. All I wanted was to study his blood. This child is extremely gifted and has been blessed with rare properties that have the potential to bring order back to the galaxy. I see your bond with him. Take him. But you will leave my ship immediately and we will go our separate ways. Mando steps forward to grab Grogu. And I think we all saw this coming from a mile away. Moff Gideon attacks with the Darksaber. Mm-hmm. And this is where we get our fight. Yeah. Does he hit him in the jetpack or like? I think so. And when I rewatched it, it looked like Mando heard the blade turn on and like move the jetpack. I was- well, I was also just about to say his best car staff was like behind the jetpack. Mm. So I think he moves his back into a position because it probably would have cut through the jetpack. I'm not as I don't know I if it's the jetpack's best car. Is it best car? Okay. Yeah. So then maybe that takes away. I was just going to say his staff was on the back. So maybe he angled yeah. it perfectly so that the staff could take the blow. But either way, mm-hmm. yeah, then he starts using his badass like wrist gauntlets yeah. and guards and blocking them like he did against Ahsoka. So yeah. it was really cool that. They showed us that earlier in the season, you know, Mando knew how to fight against the lightsaber in nothing but his best car. 
and he brings it back here. Yeah. And he's taking some chances there, man. There are some gaps in that best car, you know? Like, if he makes one false, yeah. you know, precision block, then his arm's getting taken off. So, and they're still in the cell at this point in time, and he's kind of, like, retreating into the hallway, and then when there's more space in the hallway, that's when he takes out the spear, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's exactly that. And they have a really cool, like, they just start exchanging blows, and the one highlight I have is... Like he he plants the staff and then he has like a back heel strike, flips it around. His that was my favorite move. strike. Yeah. It was just like so cool, so unnecessary. But, and we know our know. boy Pedro Pascal is with it when it comes. Oh, well, to I was going to oh, say, yeah. do you think it's actually Pedro Pascal? Yeah, I think so, because what we saw in Game of Thrones when he's wielding the staff, that was him. I would say I haven't done research to what extent he does his own stunts, but I would think I think he's the one doing it. I mean, like I said, in Game of Thrones, he is clearly sure. the in, in he's clearly the one in Game of Thrones wielding the staff. Um, so I think he, you know, he still carried that familiar. over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's familiar with it exactly. We like to believe that it is Pedro under there. Yeah. And then like they have this clash too, where like the Darksaber is literally like being held against the best car staff, and you can see the best car staff mm -hmm. heating up a little bit. And I was yeah. getting a little worried, but obviously best car, you know, it's it's just getting hot. That's all it yeah. is, but also, Moff Gideon has game. Like, I respect how well he fought Mando. That was a really good lightsaber duel, if you want to call it that. He can really move. Yeah, he can <laughs> yeah, really <yeah>. move. <laughs> but eventually, Mando disarms the Moff, but spares his life. And Moff Gideon looks up, says, you're sparing my life. Ooh, this should be interesting. <laughs> I do also like when he's... um dragging the dark saber through the wall basically as mando's like fending yeah. him off essentially it's just a really cool scene that it's literally slicing through like i'm sure feet of steel yeah. at that point in time and right here i think moff gideon was totally resolving himself to death and now he's just like "Ooh, now i get to see how this all plays out with bo katan like she's gonna be pissed he he, he knew that dying was still okay because it would screw over bo katan mm -hmm. yeah that's exactly what i was thinking on the rewatch where he says this will be interesting. That's exactly like, what he's dude. To. Moff Gideon already knows. He knows the rules of the dark saber. So he's like, Ooh, this will be fun to watch. Yep. So we go moving along back to the bridge. Mando enters with Moff Gideon in handcuffs and the dark saber in his Looking hand and cool as shit. <laughs> literally right off the bat. Bo-Katan already knows exactly what went down, but she's like shocked. And she's like, what, what happened here? You, um, you may be cool. But you'll never be walking into an Imperial bridge deck that you just took over wearing Beskar armor <laughs> with Moff Gideon in handcuffs, wielding a Darksaber and a Beskar spear on your back. A Darksaber suits him so well. Oh, yeah, he is. You're right. <laughs> Rogu and Moff Gideon just like, and he is so like modest about it. He, he totally pulls a Jon Snow. Like, I don't want it. I don't want it. Just looks like a total badass. He, he's so cool. He looks yeah, good he with that dark saber in hand, man. That's all I got to say. It does match yeah, the Beskar yeah, armor. Exactly. It matches well. the, ar the armor. Meant to be. <laughs> so Cara Dune happily says that Mando brought Gideon in alive, noting that, you know, the New Republic's payment will now have to be doubled. Like, she's just happy because she's a New Republic marshal. But Gideon corrects her and says, that's not what Bo-Katan's talking about. He says, why don't you just kill him now and take it? It's yours now, the Darksaber. It belongs to you. Him talking to Mando. And this is where we get Mando trying to give it to Bo-Katan. I don't want it. You know, I yield to you in battle or whatever. But Moff Gideon clarifies. He says she can't take it. It must be won in battle. In order for her to wield the Darksaber again, she would have to defeat you in combat. 
And then he's just like, oh, no, it doesn't work like that. Like, you can't just yield. Uh, the Darksaber doesn't have power. The story does. Without that blade, she's a pretender to the throne. I just really love that quote, honestly. Yeah. It's just telling it as it is. I mean, sure, he's like cackling the whole time, being a dick about everything. But and this is total Mandalorian stubbornness. If there weren't other witnesses around, Bo-Katan probably maybe would have taken it. But him being alive and witnessing this whole thing go down and telling everybody in the room that this is how it's supposed to progress like the right way means yeah. that Bo-Katan to save face has to apply. I agree. Like if it was lit you're saying if it was literally just those two it and yeah, and maybe she would be too prideful prideful even then to accept it, but it definitely would have definitely now that there's a room full of people that especially Reese being on. right next to her yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I um I got two things to say from this. It's um you can make the argument that Bo Katan is slightly hypocritical because when she first met Mando, she was like, Oh, he's one of them. You're a child of the watch. And she basically says you follow all these old rituals that have no meaning and stuff like okay, that. Yeah. And then yeah. here she's following your dumb ritual that has no meaning. Yeah. So you can make that argument. Um, I don't know. I just, I was like, Hey, Bo-Katan, just fucking take it. Yeah. Also, we've been saying that if, if they are to take back over Mandalore, we would hope that it's kind of like a new era for Mandalore where they're not like stubborn traditionalists. So like mm. she, if she wanted to be a leader, she could totally make it a thing that it's not as, you know, what's the word like savage almost that the sword has to be won in battle yeah. and that's how the new king is chosen yeah right. literally grab the dark saber from mando hey i have the dark saber i'm in charge i'm making a new rule <laughs> fuck that old shit but of course we needed some issues with our characters so after a long pause bo katan's just like moff gideon's right like this is how it has to be mando tries to insist just saying like dude just take it but before we can finish this conversation or a potential fight between the two potential fight exactly yeah. mando would you mando think be toms what, what the other so. thing i wanted it's to say i want the other thing i wanted to say uh in what is it the clone wars there's a scene where bo katan is handed the lightsaber right yeah. so just to clear it up we think why it could happen then is because whoever handed it to Bo-Katan, she didn't defeat the person. She didn't defeat Darth Maul, who had it before her. She just found it and picked it up and brought it to Bo-Katan. Right. So we think that's what happened there. Okay. So exactly what, and I do remember this. There's, it's, so Darth Maul's species is from a planet called Dathomir, which is a matriarchal society. There's the men all look like Darth Maul and have the spikes, but there's a sister breed who have their own embodiment of the force. They don't use it how Jedi or Sith use it. They almost use like dark magic. It almost looks like Scarlet Witch. Like, okay. But like the green. hands, yeah. It's, it's very like mystical and stuff. Nobody really knows, but they're called the... Uh, retrieve the dark saber from the night sisters is what they're called the night sisters of dathomir and i believe it was sabine and ezra's mentor i'm forgetting his name long story short they go into this dathomir place and they just kind of stumble across the dark saber and i believe they have a run-in with the ghost of the original Mandalorian who had the dark saber <laughs> point being it's more Sabine stumbles upon it does not actually win it for herself. So for right. clarification, yes, Sabine Wren did hand it on a silver platter to Bo-Katan, but Sabine never really won it. So Bo-Katan never really had to win it in combat either. So yes, there is an out there. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Is that what you were alluding to? Was exactly. That, well? that was incredibly ordered incredibly well. <laughs> I did some research because on the first recording, we didn't have that ready to go. So <laughs> now we got it. <clears throat> so moving on, going back, alarms are going off, yada, yada. And Fennec confirms that the ray shields have been breached and that they're being boarded, but there are no life forms present. We know where this is going. There's at least, I counted, 30 dark troopers are showing flying in and landing. The dubstep's blaring like love that fucking we're gonna, music yeah we're gonna have a run-in with these dark troopers and moff gideon chimes in says you're about to face off with the dark troopers you had your hands full with one let's see how you do against an entire platoon and Cardoon, you know pushes him to the ground and this is where he conveniently finds and conceals a blaster very important buzzy yeah he <laughs> total buzzy as the dark troopers march towards the bridge mando you know sets grogu down and says yeah well, i promise we're gonna make it out of here don't worry little buddy the dark troopers arrive at the bridge door and begin punching through the blast doors and inside the squad prepares to fight. And this is where I said, like, they all just have their blasters pointed at the blast shields and like Mando just does not give them the knowledge that it won't work. <laughs> yeah, it kind of upsets me the more I talk about it. Like, that's a little bit of a plot hole, but whatever. He was like, I, I don't want to I don't want to crush their spirits too yeah, early. Yeah. So Gideon says, you have an impressive fire team protecting you, but I think we all know after a valiant stand, everyone in this room will be dead, but me and the child. And as the door is about to break, a lone X-Wing approaches and lands inside the light cruiser. And we see Grogu perk up a little bit. He he takes interest. He He's feeling something. And what are our thoughts right when we see this X-Wing? Honestly, I just thought it was be- like Cara Dune's platoon kind of coming in to, to back them up. But when they do clarify that it's only the one, mm-hmm. I know for a fact at this point it's a Jedi. Um, on, my, on our first recording, me and Paul were both talking about how embarrassed we were for how long it yeah. took us to piece together all the pieces of the puzzle. Just just more confirm, yeah. Yeah. Because when you see it coming in, Cara Dune made the comment, oh, it's like, it's only one X-Wing we're saved, sarcastically. Yeah. yeah. So I knew it had to be a Jedi, like you were saying, but I was running through a bunch of different names, and I think Luke came up, but I didn't settle on it for too long. Even I- when we had, like, podcasted, like the episode seven or whatever it was when Grogu's on the rock. Like we listed out a lot of like potential candidates of the Jedi that would answer the call. And Luke wasn't on that list that we had mentioned. We were just kind of spitting names and we had never said it honestly. And it, it, it makes so much sense because what we know from the new movies is that somewhere in the timeline that we're in right now, Luke starts a school to teach the new generation of Jedi, you know, after they got wiped out by, we had everything accessible to us and we just couldn't put it together. I didn't want, I I didn't want to get to that answer because I didn't want to hype myself up only to be let down. Like I did not think right. they were going to give us Luke Skywalker and they totally <laughs> did. And it was everything that I could have ever wished for and more, but like, we don't know that uh, yet in the episode. I, yeah. I'm just going to say the way they built up to it too. I mean, yeah. the, the fact that the dark troopers stopped banging on the blast doors turned around because they knew there was a bigger threat. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like I'm getting chills now thinking about it. Yeah. Bo-Katan is the one watching the screen saying it's a Jedi and on the screens we just see this hooded figure yeah. just absolutely destroying dark troopers left and right like it's just they're they are no match for a well-versed Jedi and this is what you guys will see in the Clone Wars is like these Jedis were just weapons of mass destruction in wars like they single-handedly won battles and stuff like droid droids have no effect on them like mm-hmm. any amount of blaster shot going at them does nothing like yeah. they are just 
unstoppable forces and these dark troopers were built up as these you know immovable objects and luke just comes in and cuts them down like butter just going it was amazing to see it was so gratifying and um and this, so they God. they do have a really cool reveal so we see the jedi through the cameras through the bridge at first mm-hmm. so that's when he pulls out the lightsaber but it's kind of black and white a yeah. little bit you can't really tell and then you get the dark troopers on like the, the bridge with the ray shields beneath right. And in comes this hooded figure Jedi. And then you see the green lightsaber cut into the screen. And you're like, ah, that's one more clue. That's clue number two. That should have been, at least for me, the point in which I I mean, maybe his name, like you said, B. Tom's came across my mind at that point in time. And I was like, no, sorry, sorry. Yeah, Luke. But in my mind, I was thinking it was going to be Ezra Mm -hmm. on the X-Wing, which also wouldn't have made sense. He also has a green lightsaber. So that like that's kind of who I was thinking at the time. And then real quick, we get. Moff Gideon kind of freaking out seeing this Jedi just tear apart these dark troopers. He's fi- he's firing some shots at Bo-Katan, um, then proceeds to try and shoot baby Grogu, which, to Dude. which our boy Daddy Mando is not going to let that fly, and he just jumps in and stops the blast. Meat shield, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He just Get down, right Mr. President! And even when he's firing these shots, like no one else is shooting him. They're still telling him, drop the fucking blaster. He points it to his head, and thankfully, but um, Cara Dune yeah. is able to, like, kick it away or something like that i was thinking about that and like the reason they just shout and say like drop your blast i guess it's because the information they do, they do want to keep him yeah alive. it's like, the information way better to them alive and he knows that too that's why he tries to kill himself but yeah yeah that's a Car- good point caradoon yeah. will not be having that today nope anyway we have grogu he once again takes interest on the jedi on the monitor he's like stroking the screen with his hand <laughs> baby yoda baby and <laughs> On the monitor, we see this Jedi is making his way to the elevator and he emerges like in the hallway between the elevator and the bridge and just takes out all the remaining dark troopers. The best part is the very last one he takes Mm -hmm. out when he simply only uses the force to literally just crush it in its place. It was so fucking cool to see it. And he also had a move, I think, before that he pulls use the force to pull the dark trooper to him and then just you know swings like yeah, a baseball bat get over here it's dude <laughs> again so cool this is this is like jedi's done right in this new era of star mm-hmm. wars i did not like how the lightsaber battles were portrayed in episodes seven through nine a lot of people like the throne room battle i like hated that scene for whatever reason because it wasn't lightsaber v lightsaber it was that it was is red, it was those like red imperial stormtroopers yeah, whatever like, that's fodder honestly. that is uh that scene actually is notoriously known for being one of the worst choreographed fight scenes ever really? because the troop like the red guys in mm-hmm. the back who are supposed to be these badass um ninjas basically <laughs> protectors uh yeah. guardians yeah if you pay attention to the ones in the back it'll be ray fighting with one on the side and there's three around her just, just standing there just that's waiting was, for their buddy to get kicked i was out. thinking the same that's how it always is in those kind of group fights when it's like six on one it's like i always am noticing what the other fucking people are doing when like one person is fighting one-on-one it's just like why don't you just jump in and right now like take your chance at striking yeah. there were video game cinematics from whatever year knights of the old republic dropped which was early 2000s mm. and the cinematics from that were better than anything in the new series of movies. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. everyone's just like, why? Why can't we just see this? We kind of want Jedi to be a little bit violent because they are. They're literally using laser beam swords to cut through each other. I feel like if Mando, that. if the Mandalorian flopped, like I feel like that would be almost 
the last straw for but Star the Wars fans, but it did not, and it literally re sparked the fires of pre episode seven or episodes seven to nine. Yeah. You know, I actually have heard that with all these new shows coming out, there was a rumor going around that it will wipe away the new trilogy, um, seven, eight, nine as canon, and it wouldn't be canon anymore. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, that's kind of hard to do, it's hard to do, but like. I think we can all forget about those movies, to be honest. Like, <laughs> I didn't mind seven that much. I think seven was fine, but it just progressively got worse and worse. It's with canon. Each movie. And it's so sour to me. I guess this is relevant because of the character of Luke Skywalker. I think they just had such character assassination in episode eight, the second of yeah. the new films. Like, mm. I just hated that he was completely dismissive of his Jedi roots. Mark Hamill, I, I think I sent this in the Mando chat. He he told the director, listen, I like fundamentally fundamentally disagree with you on every decision you made for the character of luke but like i'm gonna try my best to bring out your image whatever it is yeah you could do a good cool. job mark yeah. hamill the homie he's That's, always done a good job that was the just tale of the new trilogy was great acting or pretty good acting at least mm. um and just bad writing except for rose i hated rose <laughs> yeah rose. Get, rose, get rose out of here yeah, completely in the extended universe i think i said this in one of the earlier episodes that finn, finn. friend zoned rose like yeah. in the comic book <laughs> series which is kind of funny but, <laughs> and they did introduce characters that i loved like um um, uh, Poe Dameron. I like Poe. I like, cool, like Ace Star Pilot, but I think he's come out with a notorious quote saying that he will never revisit the Star Wars franchise again. That's it's sad to see, but <laughs> but <laughs> rightfully so. The bag now he's like an A lister and is doing like good stuff. So all power to him. Um, I I also liked Ray as a character. She's literally Palpatine's granddaughter. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. I just don't understand like the end. Like I'm Ray Skywalker. Yeah. And why would you bury the lightsabers? Anakin hates sand. You're going to bury his yeah. lightsaber <laughs> in sand? sand. <laughs> uh, he's eternally pissed off at you. It's the little things. And that's why in Mando, we pay attention to those little things. Okay. And they pay off. Though. Speaking of little things. So where we're at right now, this Jedi is outside the blaster doors. Mando notices that the, uh, Grogu, you know, he knows that he's a friend. So he says, yeah. open the blasters. Or open the doors. Yeah. But they're all pointing their blasters at the door as if this Jedi is going to be an evil person, even though he just saved them, which I mean, I guess is a, you know, fight or flight kind of thing. But I mean, he just massacred everything he saw. So, yeah. So you don't know <laughs> if he's coming for all the also the, everyone from Bo Katan and Koska Reeves standpoint, Mandalorians do not like Jedi. Yeah, true. Generally that is also, speaking, yeah. Mando that, is kind of a unique okay, that is very exception true. to the rule. But this. This is where it finally fucking clicked with yep. me. So he comes in and literally five seconds before he takes his hood off, you see the, the lightsaber and the glove. And as soon as I saw the lightsaber, iconic Luke Skywalker lightsaber, the one mm -hmm. that Ben Kenobi hands over. It's just so like classic. I don't even know what to yeah, say. No. And the hand, the one glove, I was like, hey, that's a robot hand. Yep. I know that yeah. for a fact. When I saw that, that this is the, also for me the moment where it clicked the first time watching that it was Luke Skywalker. And I was just like, how did I not? Like you said, B. Thomas, it's just like I didn't want to believe it because I didn't want to be let down. But when it's finally revealed, I'm just like, this is so satisfying. I, it was as far as reveals go, it was I, I liked how it was a slow burn over like five minutes of them just like kind of spoon feeding us different information mm -hmm. to get there. And then it's really only confirmed when he finally reveals himself. So I, I just really appreciate how they went about doing that. And Mark Hamill on his Twitter, like 
thanks the whole team, uh, the whole Mandalorian team saying like, you guys did a great job making sure that this information didn't leak. Like no one in their right mind, at least on the threads that I saw, just yeah. didn't really contemplate Luke Skywalker being an option. And kudos to that team for, you know, keeping it such a good secret because the reveal was mm -hmm. just that much more satisfying. Literally uh, veteran Star Wars fans like the, the one YouTuber literally cried watching it because he was so he probably felt like a kid again this is what we wanted watching mm. the original trilogy you wanted luke skywalker after he was a badass jedi off doing badass jedi shit and this is him and, and he, this is it and he looks great by the way too with the cgi like how young he looks and yeah. everything it was just so I, well done I, I think that's why i never thought luke skywalker would be in this because that mark was, hamill's yeah. old and you know i forgot about cgi and how good it is <laughs> yeah that's exactly my thoughts too, is that seeing Luke Skywalker in the new movie, seeing how old he is, and it's just like, can he still fill this role of being a Jedi, which CGI says, yes, he can. Yeah. <laughs> so after he removes the hood, we get the reveal. It is indeed Luke Skywalker and his theme begins to play in the background and Grogu peeks out from behind his chair and it's just like, hey, what's up, dude? <laughs> um, oh, you answered my call. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Mando asked the ridiculous question. Are you a Jedi? <laughs> I am. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, like you have to remember, Jedi are an endangered species. Should we call it? They're so yeah. rare, and nobody like it's been knows decades really. since they were ingrained in culture. So nobody really knows what their deal is. And when you stumble across someone with a lightsaber, your first thought isn't Jedi. It's like, who's this guy with a lightsaber? Is he mm -hmm. a rogue? Like, is True. he dangerous? So you got it confirmed. Are you a Jedi? He says, I yes. am. <laughs> yeah. And Grogu's like cooing a little bit in dissatisfaction. Mando's like, I don't think he wants to go with you. And Luke says he wants your permission. He is strong with the force, but talent without training is nothing. I will give my life to protect the child, but he will not be safe until he masters his abilities. And so the school is founded with baby Grogu being yeah. the first. <laughs> now, do you think he's the first? There could be plenty. There could be, yeah, there could be. Yeah. There could be others. But see, now that's something. All of the spinoff series are not about any of like our titular characters like Luke or Leia or Han. We have a Lando one, but he's kind of like more of a secondary. So what I just want to know, I want a series about Luke in this time span yeah. between taking down the Empire and like dealing with the remnants of the Empire and him becoming a hermit. Like, I want that maybe like a Luke Jedi school series. People Anime might series. say that it'd just be too much luke skywalker but it's like it's so important that we get that information especially with kylo ren you know wiping out that school and mm -hmm. everything like it's just all relevant to the story so i'm all in for that that'd be amazing the most heartbreaking scene mm. in mandalorian <sighs> so far he goes over picks up baby godu grogu baby grogu baby grogu and says like you know come on it's okay go with them and the little the little hand reaching out and stroking his helmet. And what does Mando do? He lifts it up so he can look at baby Grogu with his own eyes. And we see that beautiful face of Pedro Pascal. Yeah, only the third time we see it the whole series. And we only saw his face one time in season one, twice in season two. So I think he's warming up to the idea of other people seeing it. I've seen his chin three times in season two. Oh, true, two. yeah. Because he did take he did a sip. Take a sip, yeah. And this totally reminded me of uh, Return of the Jedi, where Darth Vader is dying and says to Luke, uh, for one last time, let me look upon you with my own eyes. And this is totally what that was. Sure. He, all he wanted to do was make sure Baby Grogu didn't forget his face. And Grogu, like, streaks his cheek 
or strokes his cheek. It's like it's a very touching scene. Like it, it was sad. It was we were building up this relationship for the past two seasons, and unfortunately, it seems like Grogu is on his way out of the Mandalorian's life, which yeah. we did not call. We were saying that we were going to get Grogu back to his own people, like end of season three, maybe four. Mm. It's it's sad to see him go this early. Yep, and then we see R two D two pop around the corner, mm. and that's then... that was so cute because Baby Grogu was holding on to Mando's leg, yep. didn't want to go, and yeah. then R two D two was like, "Oh hey, what's up?" And he does that classic Baby Grogu like strut over to R two D two. Yeah, I love it so much. <laughs> it's the best, without a doubt. And what they... a pair that is, R two D two and Grogu. Dude, they they were like talking, like R two D two's beeping around, and Grogu's just cooing, and then R two D two gets excited, like he's jumping up and down a little bit. It was such a it was such a heartwarming moment for sure heartbreaking well and heartbreaking <laughs> at the same time because we don't get to see baby grogu yeah. for a little bit and grogu like reaches up at luke it does that thing like pick me up dude yeah. <laughs> make it all the way to the elevator by myself you got an hour to wait <laughs> so luke picks him up and luke says may the force be with you and he's out he leaves this la- i love this image of him in the elevator holding grogu with r2d2 at his side and he's in and he's out That's two it. three now iconic characters you know just right at the right at the elevator and our boy mando just is so devastated to see baby tears in his go. eyes not falling down his cheek just yeah, in his, his eyes. eyes are watering up a little bit the and dam's about to break roll credits and that is our episode but is it really because we have a post-credit scene that is setting up our boba fett the book of boba fett spinoff which I actually think they released this information in the episode. I don't think this book of Boba Fett project was announced at when they announced everything else. Oh, really? I didn't. I think so. It was only a week gap between the two, but I, I don't. Think I can see why they didn't yeah. do it just to give the people here. Um, yeah, they pulled a Marvel on us. Dude, you know, stay for after the credits. Chilling to the opening after credit scene was just the two moons mm-hmm. and then it pans over to sand and Java's Palace, you're like, holy shit, they're on Tatooine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Boba! <laughs> Boba! Yeah, we get we'll this. We'll get there. We'll get we, there. We all think it's Jabba's old major domo, just kind of like oh. the day-to-day guy. He's fat now. Yeah, Bib Fortuna been just munching, I guess. I don't yeah. know. He's, he, a tough when you're, he's on that Jabba the Hutt diet. Yeah, <laughs> Honestly, he probably was. Um, so, And he's assuming the throne. Obviously, Jabba's dead, but he is assuming the throne at the palace on Tatooine. And, you know, we hear some blaster fire upstairs. He sends some guards to investigate more blaster fire. And we have Fennec strolling down, followed by Boba Fett himself. And Bib doesn't last long. Nope. We get a little Boba. <laughs> and it's just like he's trying to get weasel his way. Like, uh, well, actually, it's Fennec who comes down first. And yeah. she, she's killing all the guards around Bib Fortuna. And then the, the slave. There's the, yeah. the iconic slave that. that Almost looks identical to the one yeah. that uh, Jabba had. Yeah, yeah. dance yeah. for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, but she, you know, rescues her, shoots the shackles on her wrists or ankle, whatever it is. She flees off, and then we get Boba dropping down the stairs, and then the Boba comes mm-hmm. in, and he's just like, "How you been? All this stuff. I thought and, you were dead, man. So good to see you. I heard then, so many rumors." <laughs> Yeah, Boba yeah. did not give a fuck about this guy at all. And then we get the classic. He just throws this fat ass off the throne. <laughs> Fennec grabs a drink from behind. Boba places his ass in that seat on the, uh, the throne and 
cue the credit second yeah, part of the yeah, credits man seriously. dude that what talking about badass images to end the season we like luke in the elevator and boba and fennec yeah just sipping that spotchka on the <laughs> yeah, armchair spotchka i was gonna ask what the name of the drink is so it's dude so and cool. then we get the book of boba uh what was it december 2021 or something december like that? 2021 so that's coming out at the tail end of this year and i'm excited for that i mean it's he's basically going to be king of the underworld now right <laughs> yeah we don't know i have yeah we, i i we were trying to think to of things like that but he's not going to be like a horror i well actually i don't really know what boba's intentions are but i have to imagine he's going to be a better king of the underworld than java was or a more just one yeah D- do you think no yes no is han yeah, Han is still alive. Yeah, Han is, Han is still alive. So he's, yeah. alive. he's think, probably yeah, we, like we did mention this on the first yeah, run through. It's so, like he could have a vengeance against Han. Yeah, Han know, threw some... me in that goddamn Sarlacc pit. Yeah, so uh, he yes, could 100%. we could get some Han. And they already have an actor to play Han. Yeah, yeah they do. I thought he did a great job in Solo. I actually yeah. enjoyed Solo a lot. Solo was actually really good of the, like the newer movies. Like I I liked Rogue One too. But... I have yet to see Solo actually. What? Yeah, I was, gotta see that. It was actually how is, uh, how is Donald Glover as Lando? Because and that Beast. brings us to there's a Lando uh sh- I think it's a show or a film coming out, and nobody knows if they're gonna have Donald Glover as young Lando or have uh Billy D reprise his role as older Older lando from like the newer films either way i think i'd be fine with both because i think i think donald glover did a phenomenal job as lando Mm -hmm. so he did a bad yeah he did a badass job dude you gotta watch solo it's so good solo when you two watch the pilot (laughs) episode of the clone wars and we had mentioned this too not on this podcast Mm -hmm. but it's like now that we have all this new star wars stuff and everything is at this point, like we ha- we still have to get through Emperor Thrawn, like as a villain for so, Mando. So it's like we definitely have to watch the Clone Wars and Rebels. I think that Thrawn and Ahsoka were just introduced to us in the Mandalorian, and I don't think that's going to be a major plot moving forward. It could in the Mandalorian it could just be an intertwined thing, but there's an Ahsoka show coming out, and okay. I think Thrawn is going to be the big bad of that show. Like. Her whole focus, and okay, I've touched I touched on this before, is Thrawn and Ezra both kind of disappeared together. So she is on. I I think the route they're going to go is that her simultaneous quest, Ahsoka, is going to be locating Ezra, but at the same time taking down Thrawn. And it could kind of be two birds with one stone because at the end of the Rebels animated series, she was on just a manhunt for Ezra. She wanted to locate this guy. Mm-hmm. So do you think Bo-Katan is going to? be in ahsoka show there's a high possibility because they're clashing with uh you know thrawn i think we're gearing up for an mcu universe type thing where everybody's mixing with everybody and i'm completely for it we have a rangers of the new republic show coming out cara dune's totally going to be in that we have a rogue squadron movie which i think it's just about like a squad of new republic x-wing fighters and that's going to be awesome based on a video game i think was that it, it, it was the Bad Batch is what they're called, right? Two different things. So the Bad Batch is, and that was actually introduced in the the final season of the Clone Wars. Okay. That's going to be an awesome spinoff series of their own. It's the Bad Batch is these genetically enhanced clones who each kind of have a special ability. And they're just like a group of outcasts that mm. are just an awesome troop of clones. And they have like their own personalities and stuff, right? Yeah. 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 That's going to be a great show. And when you guys watch the Clone Wars, you'll the final season of the Clone Wars. Oh, my God. That has so much 
seeds planted for the Mandalorian season two. So it's 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 all intertwined, and I'm really excited for the future of this franchise. I said it earlier, the Mandalorian really rekindled my fire to the Star Wars franchise because, like you said, B times like those new movies just weren't it. And well, you guys like Solo and Rogue One were it, and like I've been saying, like we knew what Disney was. at least the trilogy, yeah, like because I did like I really enjoyed Rogue One and I really enjoyed Solo, so. But then we got those new movies and then everything kind of flopped for me. It's like, what is this franchise even becoming? But this Mandalorian has been amazing. So I'm without a doubt with watching Clone Wars and Rebels. There's not a hesitation for me. Um, then stop hesitating. <laughs> <laughs> but we talked about Boba and what Boba. we think Book of Boba is going to be about. <laughs> I guess we talked a little bit about Mando. But what do you guys think Mando season three is going to start out with? Back well, to the solo adventures. I think Mando season three is going to pick up literally on the bridge of this light cruiser and Bo-Katan and Mando have a conversation ahead of them. I think <laughs> about where's this dark saber going? I really <laughs> want to see at least a peaceful fight. I don't even know if you can call it that maybe of one of mutual respect for each other, but yeah, when they were about to fight on the, the bridge, it seemed like it was going to be a, a bout of hatred, at least from yeah. Bo-Katan's side, just being pissed that Mando now has a sword. But I hope that, you know, they can become at least friends to a point where they can be like, all right, let's have a showdown and let me win this thing for like for real. Yeah, I hope it's well, even if it's not staged to let Bo-Katan win, I would even if Mando gets the sparring at 100 yeah. percent against each other and them accepting whatever it turns out to be. And if Bo-Katan wins, then she gets to lead Mandalore. If Mando wins, then maybe he just continues being a space cowboy. But now he has a dark saber. Yeah, I really don't <laughs> no complaints. I really don't know what to expect from any like honestly yeah. any of these shows so i'm excited to see what they do do with all this information that they've been giving us all um the god the two things that i'm hoping we get i'm not saying we probably will because we most likely won't is seeing mandalore it would be cool to actually see mandalore um and also i would be down for like a 10-year time skip like the ghost forward and baby Grogu is now, you know, a little bit older. Speak a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Time skip only be to accommodate an older baby Grogu. Yeah. And <laughs> just I just see a badass Yoda, yeah. like teenager Grogu, yeah. <laughs> like fucking shit up using like the maybe. force now. Yeah. There's so many good fan art pieces out there of like older Grogu being looking like floating Yoda, master of the force with the Mandalorian ball yeah. on his... I saw one with Grogu fully clad in Beskar armor wielding the Darksaber. It's so cool. <laughs> Star Wars fan art is dope. I saw dope. one where... It's, it's all over my Instagram page. Like It's that and anime shit. Is like that, and I love it. I absolutely love there's it. There's like a famous series of like paintings of cottages and some dude just came in and put Imperial light cruisers like <laughs> in the sky behind them. I did see that. And they look dope. It does. Honestly. Um, Dave, you have our last segment, right? Yeah. So guys, you guys, we've never done it before on this specific podcast series. Um, but you guys are about to be hit, hit with a, uh, bang, kill, marry. It's something we try to do mm -hmm. on at the end of most of our podcast episodes, but we haven't been introduced to too many characters to the point where we could do one, but now we can, I think a once per season is good for the bang, kill, marry. Yeah, it was good. Out. So now we have our three female characters. We're going to have to decide between Fennec, Bo-Katan and Cara Dune. And let me just start with, I'm marrying Cara Dune, without a doubt. She is waifu material, 100%. She's got the goods. She'll protect you when in need. Um, this is where it gets a little hard for me. I think I what I'm going to do is kill Bo-Katan 
And then, yeah, fuck Fennec because she's just a badass and she's got, she's that bad girl, you know? I think she would be a great one night stand, but I think I have to kill Bo Katan because she's too strict. She's a little too, like, maybe you could open her up with some sex, but <laughs> I don't think so for me. Dude, I, I think I agree with you. I'm going to have to kill Bo Katan. I feel like she would just order me around too much. Yeah. yeah. Get on top. She's a, yeah. Get she, on your knees. She would peg Turn you. Turn around. She would peg you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to kill Bo Katan. Cara Dune might peg you too, though. <laughs> so. I think I'm going to have to bang Cara Dune and marry Fennec because, like you said, Cara Dune will protect you, Fennec will protect me. And actually i take everything back i take everything back i'm gonna kill fennec because wow. she's got robotic lady bits okay that was, <laughs> is it confirmed that the lady bits are robotic? i'm not I taking like, that chance i feel like for the purposes of bang kill mary it is assumed that those parts are human well i don't want to well, like I'm assuming i'm just assuming the stomach is all robotic so no kids there so I, that's kind of a plus right there <laughs> i don't know i don't want to i don't want to way too deep into that i want to stick we're my, still young i'm definitely gonna have kids but right now i'm not dealing with that i don't want my <laughs> junk in there and then i get zapped that's all i'm saying <laughs> um so i'm probably gonna kill fennec bang bogotan and then mary caradoon what is it an archer archer bangs a fucking cyborg in it yeah but her vagina real yeah, is in the real, sink yeah but it's a real pussy <laughs> it's a real pussy still <laughs> so for my two cents on the bang kill mary i i'm also gonna kill bogotan only because like she's too cold and has this steely yeah. demeanor and she's a mandalorian you know i I wouldn't want to marry a Mandalorian just because they are cold and emotionless savage and warriors. Yeah. Murderous savages. <laughs> and this is where it gets kind of tricky. And I think I'm going to marry Fennec because she's shown that she has a little bit of like, I don't know, an edgy personality. Now that she's a good guy, like she's, I don't know. She's sarcastic and like has these quips. She's she, got a great she, smile. She, she don't miss. Smile. Yeah. She don't you know miss. What I'm talking about. <laughs> um, and then yeah, I'll bang Cara Dune. And it's more that I don't want to marry her because that would be like marrying a cop, you know, which yeah. isn't a bad thing. You know, it's You're like she cases. would protect you. But at the same time, it's just like she'd be so strict. Like, yeah, she I don't know. Like, are you following New Republic procedures, Brian? <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know, Kara. What, are you going to bust some underage yeah. Spashka drinkers or something? Yeah. yeah, like, among other things. So, yeah. Mary Fennec, I'm happy with Dune, Kill Bo Katan. I'm glad we that got was a, this. that was a really good one for Man Kill Mary. I'm glad we got this segment in because it was much, it was it was very missed for us. At least. All right, last one: Grogu, Frog Lady, and the Spider from Episode Two. Can't even. <laughs> I was I'm really, just going to not even really respond. I'm glad that Frog Lady was not in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> she would get the axe behind then the Because then it would have been way harder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, last thing I have to say is I'm really oh, excited. Ratings, for ratings. Oh, yeah. 10 out of 10 for this episode. 10 out of that 10. Was going I'm, dude, yeah. fucking yeah. hell yeah. 10 it's out of 10. It's funny because I was getting not like shit on by you guys. It was more like oh, you're not going to give this episode a 10. And I was like, I'm just being real here, man. Like the episodes yeah. I foresaw, you know, these episodes being great and that's what they were. So I'm more than happy to give this episode a 10 out of 10 in every way. And this got a 9.9, .9, like perfect rating. Might as well just IMDb. give him the 10 at that point in time. What the fuck? I think it only goes to 9.9. .9. Oh, okay. Okay. Weird things like okay. you can't get a perfect 10 in gymnastics in the Olympics because like literally nobody no, ever gets perfect. it. Yeah, yeah. You ever hear of that? Someone yeah. got a perfect 10 and it only showed 1.0. <laughs> I, like broke the system because it can't do 10 I that's insane but yeah this is highly regarded everybody loved this like casual fans passionate fans it, it was 
it was an awesome episode. It was done perfectly. And it, it just got me so excited for season three and the rest of these projects that Disney is rolling out in the Star Wars universe. Guys, Preach. anything else? No, but I just want to say I love John Favreau and Dave Filoni and thank you for all you've done. And please don't stop. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Preach. Honestly, this is the way. Um, Keep an eye out for continued coverage or non-continued coverage of The Mandalorian because the season's over. We're going to definitely be picking it up in season three, and I'm sure we're going to be exploring the other projects as they come out. Uh, we also cover different shows like The Boys, Carnival Row, The 100, You Get the Gist. And as always, if you like what you heard, give Bingetown TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our show on Spotify and the Apple Podcast app. Once again, we are Bingetown TV. And, and thanks the, for listening. And may the force be with you. Mm. Thought you were going to go with that. I was no, trying to sync no, it up no, with you. <laughs> <the last> time. <laughs> mm.